Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and normally what I do, I would read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. However, I will not be reading from my book of poetry on today. Um, What I wanted to discuss, because this subject has been coming up quite frequently um, with the people that I'm surrounded by, the ones that I I truly love, um, and it concerns me. Excuse me. And I feel like the only reason why it concerns me is because the subject can be so relatable on so many different levels. So what I'm talking about is whether or not you absolutely love your job or whether or not you absolutely hate your job. When going on this journey of singleness, a lot of times what I am starting to recognize is that there's certain subjects that people just don't like to talk about, even though a lot of people suffer in silence. So, yes, I know every single month we have a whole lot of bills that we got to pay. I know that everybody does not have the ideal situation where their money is their money. A lot of teenagers have that luxury where whenever they work, I know mine do, um, whenever they work, their money is their money, so they have an opportunity to stack their dollars. Um, Recently, my 20-year-old moved out but I'm sure that he was able to do that with a level of confidence because he's been saving his money for years. And so whenever you have that type of situation where you've been able to capitalize off of your finances and create a nest egg and create a sense of quote-unquote security, um, then transitioning makes it a lot easier. But Let's just say that, like our parents, you've been on your job for 30 years and 30 or 40 years, and the reason why you were on that job, you didn't necessarily love what you did, but you did what you had to for the sake of making sure that you kept a roof over your family's head, made sure that there was food in the refrigerator, made sure that there were clothes on your back as well as theirs, and made sure that there were shoes on their feet. And then also making sure that if something did happen, like the car broke down, that you would have the finances to be able to fix it. And so a lot of times our parents made sacrifices. They didn't necessarily love what they did at all, but they did what was absolutely necessary. Times have shifted. And so as time has gone on, a lot of us have come to realize that there are multiple ways that you can obtain an income. And so a lot of us have become more vocal in terms of our employer and where it is that we're employed. I have a dear friend of mine who recently, she just decided with everything that was happening on her job that she was going to put herself first. But she's not the only one. I even had my son do that. Um, He was dealing with a discriminatory situation at his job, and my son is homosexual. And so um, with him being a homosexual, he deals with discrimination all the time because he's very flamboyant in his 
expression of himself. And so some people just don't like that. And it creates a very hostile work environment. And I literally had to tell him, this is one of the reasons why you are covered. You're young. You have the option of being able to check out the atmosphere and see if it's conducive to you growing, see if it's conducive to your mental health, see if it's okay, um, and that if you don't mind going to your job, and, and making sure that the atmosphere is one that you can grow in. Because for some reason, money becomes the main objective a lot of times when we get employed, and then that is short-lived. And the reason why I say it's short-lived is because money is not everything. Although, yes, it answers all things, it's not everything. And so a lot of times we will allow the intimidation of bills to be the determining factor of why it is that we stay on our nine to five, not realizing that in a lot of ways we feel like we're being sifted as wheat. We feel like we're being treated like Hebrew slaves. We feel like our best is never good enough. We feel as if we're underappreciated. Um, or overlooked. And so a lot of times what may have started off as a temporary goal or a short-term goal, you look up and you've been on that job for 30 years and you're just like, I could have sworn all I was trying to do was make sure that I had enough to pay my mortgage. I could have sworn all I was trying to do was get my child through college. <clears throat> Excuse me. I could have sworn that, that when I initially started this journey that I never intended for me to be at this location, under this employer, at this employer for the past 30 years. And then the moment that you make the op you make the choice to retire, it's like a weight is lifted off of your shoulders. Like, wait a minute, I actually get my life back. You mean to tell me that I don't have to, when I wake up, I can wake up when I want, I can use the bathroom when I want, I can go have coffee if I want, whenever I want. I'm no longer... I'm no longer bound by those invisible handcuffs. I'm no longer bound by that. And there's a lot of people that they feel as if they don't start breathing <laughs> until they've actually left the employer. And I'm not telling you to quit your job tomorrow. Trust and believe that. That's not what I'm saying. But there are a lot of people that hate what they do. There are a lot of people that feel underappreciated. There are a lot of people that put their dreams on hold just to make sure that they could pay some bills. There's a lot of people that know exactly what they love to do, and some of them have figured out a way to do what they love to do while they're receiving a steady income. Kudos to those people, because everybody has not done that. It's a lot of people that just put their dreams on hold, and they were just like, ah, I'll get to it in a few years. And for some, those few years never, ever came. So do you hate your job, or do you love your job? If you are a person that hates your job, have you created an exit strategy? Have you created a way that you will be able to eventually, not in 30 years, not in 20 years, but eventually transition from something that you hate to something that you love? Have you sat down and figured out what in the world does that even look like for me? Have you taken a moment to discover what it is and what sacrifices you may have to make in order to make that thing a reality for you?
Or are you constantly pouting and whining and crying before you even get to work? I had a conversation with one of my children, and to hear, I'm not even going to tell you the gender because then, you know, y'all can figure that stuff out. So to hear this individual say that this is not what I'm supposed to do, this is for someone in this age bracket. I'm in this age bracket. This is the type of things that I should be doing right now. But here it is. I'm getting up. I'm going here. I'm going there. I'm going here. And I'm doing all of these other things. And I'm not even making the money that I know that I need to make in order for me to be able to truly fulfill my dream. I don't look forward to getting up in the morning. I don't look forward to going to this location for X amount of hours. And then the the person that is over me does not appreciate the sacrifices that I make because the person has this sense of entitlement that because they've made it to this point that they can treat anyone lower than them in their mindset, that they can treat them any type of way. And as I listened to that, of course, I helped to give this child the tools. I helped helped to brainstorm and to figure out what that looks like to become independent. Because a lot of times we don't realize that being independent is an alternative option. Now, will you make the money immediately? No. Sometimes that's why you got to take the time out to build your clientele. So a wise person would tell you if you are on a job that you absolutely hate, that an exit strategy is of the utmost importance, that no, you're not supposed to just up and quit. Now, I've known I have a relative that did just that, that she just up and quit. She was like, I don't know where I'm going, but I got to get up out of here. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know what that's going to look like, but what one thing I do know is that I got to get up out of here. And so she quit, and she ended up prospering. She ended up prospering in that process of quitting. She ended up getting a brand-new home built from the ground up. She got a better job. She just stepped out on faith. Now, I, everybody don't have that same level of faith. You got to operate according to your level of faith. So if you're one of those individuals that's like, Lord, I need you to help my unbelief, then maybe you're that person that needs to create an exit strategy. But I've witnessed both sides of the spectrum. I've witnessed where someone has leaped. And they just stepped out because they just could not do what they were doing any longer because it wasn't conducive to their growth or their mental health, and they chose themselves. They made a conscious decision to choose themselves. I remember there was one particular job that I worked on. To be told that what I did on that job is what I went to school for. So when I was I was in the legal department on that particular job, and while I was at that job, I was being gassed up, gaslighted, whatever you want to call it, by management. And so they were telling me, oh, Teresa, we, you know, the next time an opportunity presents itself, we want you to go for the job. Now, what I found out later 
is that whenever you are applying for certain positions, there are companies that get audited. And so they want to be able to see how many people of color are applying for those positions, or is it just the same race applying for those positions? Is there truly diversity when it comes to people applying for these these positions, or are you only hiring your who looks like you? So I found out later on that that's what takes place behind the scenes. So what I was unaware of when I was being gaslighted by the management is that they were trying to ensure that those numbers looked good if they were to be audited. So all I knew and all I heard with my naive self was, oh, they want me for the position. So when the position came up, since I had been told, you're doing so great, you're doing so great, you're doing this, you're doing that, I, I got you, I got you. All you got to do is apply. When you apply, the position is yours. So I was hyped, which made me perform even better, which made me do everything I needed to do in my mind to solidify getting that position. Well, lo and behold, next thing I know, when it's time for the offer to be made, it was never made to me. In fact, it was made to someone else who had been at the company for a decade. And I had only been at the company for three years. And even though they had given me a lot of these major projects, one of them being handling a multi-million dollar account, I still, in their eyes, was not good enough for that particular promotion. And so I, re I recall going into the office. I'll never forget this because at the time, my godparents were in my life. And so I walked into the office sat down with the hiring manager and also the other manager because I called a meeting with the manager that was gaslighting me the whole time, just pretty much just leading me along, misleading me in all actuality. I called a meeting with the hiring manager and I called a meeting with um, the manager that was gaslighting me. So we got in the office and we sat down and I asked, you know, why was I not selected for the position because I was led to believe that I would be selected for the position. And I was informed that, well, we went with this person because of their tenure, and they were due a promotion. And back then, my ego was so big. I'm not even going to lie. God has really, he's humbled me in a lot of ways. But back in that season of my life, I was, I put like this, I was more confident back then in a lot of different ways. And so I literally looked and I said, so are you telling me? that I'm going to need to work at this company for another seven years be before I'm considered eligible for a promotion because that's something that I'm not going to be able to do. One of the things that I had a really good friend tell me is know your worth. That's one of she's gone now. She's passed away. But that's something that has stuck with me for years. Know your worth. Know your worth. That was my mantra, still is my mantra. Know your worth. And so when she said that, I don't even think that she knew how impactful that statement was for my life because it changed the trajectory of how I viewed myself. I still fall short, short from time to time. There's a whole lot of stuff sometimes that I put up with that I probably should never put up with when it comes to different employers. So, you know, I'm guilty of that. However, for the most part, I have carried that with me. Know your worth. And so in this regard, when I, I looked at them and I said, I'm not going to be able 
to give another seven years and be getting paid this amount. Now, I can tell you now because I'm no longer at that company. So at that time, I was only making $11 an hour. I was married at that time. So the fact that I was making $11 an hour, I wasn't really hurting because my spouse and I, with our incomes combined, was a decent, uh, you know, income combined. So it wasn't a big deal that I was making $11 an hour, but I knew my worth. So I resigned that day. I ended up expressing that to my godparents, and I'll never forget what she said because she's like, Teresa, we're not in a position to carry you until you get another job. And my response was, I never asked you to carry me. I just know that this time here is up. And then she was like, well, what are you going to do? I'm going to get another job, but I'm going to get another job of value. So what ended up happening is that I applied for a job on a legal team. They, um, and I did it through a temp agency. They, set up the, they actually set up the interview. God is my witness, y'all. I was one hour late to the interview because I didn't understand back then how to read the GPS system, okay? So I was late, late. So I get there, and in my mind, I'm thinking, and I'm rebuking the devil. I'm doing all of that. And it was really user error, but I'm still rebuking the devil because I felt like this was a setup for me to fail. So I get to the location. We go through the interview, and I get a phone call from the temp agency. When I get that phone call from the temp agency, she was like, okay, they want to offer you the position because the lady who they had initially offered the position to, she just called 30 minutes ago and said she can't do it because she has to take care of her grandmother in another city. So that automatically opened up the door for me. So I accepted. So then I'm thinking, because remember, I was only, and this was one week later. So I left the job. I, re- I resigned from that job on a Friday, and then on the following Friday, it wasn't even a week, on, so I left the job on that Friday, and then on that Wednesday, I ended up being offered a new job. So when the temp agency called me back, she said, oh, my God, there's been an error. They're not going to be able to pay you the amount that I thought they were going to be able to pay you. Now, remind you, they had never told me how much the hourly wage was. So I was like, it's okay. In my mind, I'm like, I just need a job, right, so I can pay my bills, right? So I said, how much are they going to pay me? She said, instead of $20 an hour, they're going to pay you $19 an hour. I almost dropped my cell phone at that time because what the tip agency did not realize is that in that time of my life, That was the most money I had ever made. And so to hear that I received an $8 increase by my stepping out on faith and my trusting in myself and my knowing my worth changed my life. Not only that, once I got into that department, the lawyers fell in love with me and they created a position for me. And I was able to stay on full time. Not only that, when they went through a layoff, because I had found favor with man, they took time out to collaborate, and they kept me on the payroll until my birthday. So they kept me on payroll 
for, and they let me go in November. So they kept me on payroll until my birthday, which was in January. Then on top of that, during Christmas, they all collaborated and blessed me and my children, and they were they were wealthy. So they were giving my daughters and my sons all these. I didn't even know what Prada looked like until until I saw the gifts that were being blessed to my family. And so they did all of that, and it stemmed from me believing in myself. That sparked all the rest. And so I went from being mishandled to knowing my worth and for all of that coming into fruition because I knew my worth. And I remember when they were letting me go, the the lady that was letting me go, she was nervous because the people that they had let go prior to telling me that I was going to be let go, one of them acted a plum fool. And so she was in expectation that I would do the same. But the minute that we're sitting at this table, and my boss at the time, he's sitting there, and then she's sitting there, and she was like, we're going to have to lay you off. And I looked at both of them because they looked so sad, and I said, why are are y'all sad? We should all be smiling. First of all, they let me off with a severance package. Let me just, you know, so I have no reason to frown, okay? And I told her, I said, we should be rejoicing. And she looked and she just took a deep breath. She said, Teresa, you make my job so much easier. But part of the reason why I was able to make her job so much easier is because I loved what I did. I loved it from beginning to end. I loved what I did. See, when you love what you do, it exudes into the atmosphere. You carry it with you. You have the joy. You have the resilience. You're able to get through any type of storm because you love what you do. That's the difference. When you don't, y'all know, you've experienced it. If you haven't, maybe one day you will when you go to a drive-thru and somebody really don't like what they do, so they mishandle you. They treat you differently. They they hear your order, but they're going to put whatever they want. You tell them curly fries, they're going to put the regular fries because they really don't want to be there anyway. And dare you to say something when you look in that bag and it ain't what you ordered. Those are people that don't necessarily love what they do, but they're doing what they have to in order to pay the bills. We deal with that on a regular basis in some type of area of our lives. You can see it on people's faces when they're just like, oof, dang, I wish I could do something different. But the truth of the matter is you can. You just got to figure it out. You just got to figure it out. It may not, your answers may not come overnight, but trust me and believe the answers are there. Do you love or do you hate your job? And even if you're in a situation where you absolutely hate what you do, you know you could reframe that, right? You could ask your boss to give you a different responsibility, something that you are passionate about, something that you actually don't mind doing, and you could turn that negative into a positive. It's really up to you. It's really up to you. So I hope that this episode has encouraged someone. I hope that you're having a blessed morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. This will conclude my episode. However, the letter that I have to my future hubby is dated December the 9th of 2021. Dear future hubby, just one quick question. Do you hate or do you love your job? I truly hope 
that you love what it is that you are doing. I truly hope that your career is one that is allowing you to be your best self now. But if for any reason that's not the case, I hope that you're at least creating an exit strategy so that one day you'll be able to wake up, stretch your hands up high, and praise God for him blessing you with your dream drive, with your dream job. Let me get it out. <laughs> I love you. Love, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed day. And please, take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, it's your girl, Teresa. Bye.